welcome to Gaper Play, a podcast about all things queer in the world of video games, pop culture, and beyond. I'm Lauren Sterner Cordova. And I'm Eric Solis. Start spreading the news. I'm turning frost I want to take a break from it, from gay for play. Aww. <laughs> you didn't have to make a whole production out of it, uh, but yes, sorry listeners, <laughs> we quit. Yeah, sorry, we said, um, I don't know, this is boring. No, <laughs> never. Well, not never. Not, not never. I mean, yeah. eventually this podcast will end, yeah, but... as will all things. <laughs> but hey... But hey, we're not here to be existential. Yeah. We're here to just tell you... We're taking a little summer vacay. Taking mm-hmm. a little summer break. Also, I don't know if you can tell. We're in the same room We're again. We're in the same room yet again. No, I'm touching your nose. Boop. Oh, boop. You just booped me. Um, yeah, hey, I'm in LA again, hanging out. Already started my vacay, and I said, well, the fans need to know that um, I'm going to be on a fail. So mm-hmm. um, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, forward your emails because Lawrence is going to Palm Springs. Yeah, in the middle of a heat wave, so that'll be fun. Oh, <gasps> you better look at me. I'm so unprofessional, unprepared. Um, How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be around so many friends. I've been able to see you. I've mm-hmm. seen so many friends of the pod in the past few days too. Sarah, Becca, Casey, yeah, three infamous guests. Uh, all in Nick Adams, all famous uh, show artist of our. Of our podcast. So, right. yeah, it's been nice. It's been nice to continually get out and continue to um, be with friends again. And it's cool, too. Something I've noticed, like, now that we're, you know, entering this post-vaccination phase of our of our existence, of this whole journey, it's nice to realize, like, how normal it is. Like, people who I've been seeing, who I've only seen on Zoom for the mm-hmm. past year... It doesn't feel like it's been forever since I've seen them because we've been able to keep in touch virtually, which is really nice. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, especially for our relationship, which has been a long distance and digital virtual for, for most of it. For most, most of it, it, yeah. So I feel like seeing you in person is like fun, but really no it's big a fun deal. Treat, but yeah, like, but not it's no necessary. big deal because it's never like, oh, cat, we need to catch up. What's been going on? No, yeah. we do a podcast every single goddamn week. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, speaking of what's going on, like we said, we're going to be off for July, so we just wanted to, um, I don't know, take this episode to, um, you know, we're halfway through the year, we're going to talk about games we've played so far this year. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the year in general so far, how we're feeling, yeah, where, where things are going, where we're headed. Where things are going, where we're going, where yeah. we've yet to be. And yeah, talk about like some of our favorite moments from the pod over the past, can you believe we've done this for seven months? No, honestly. And I was talking about it last night because I have friends who were asking me, hey, how's the shows going? I'm like, yeah, I've been doing it for seven months without a break. Yeah. Which and is when you say it like that, oh my God, that's a lot of work, insane. Lawrence. Yeah, the longest thing I've committed but a to lot in of a long gr- time. But a lot of that's T. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have a break, but I'm glad to have such a such a great body of work behind us already. And yeah. we're not even a year old. We're still a little pod we're babies. We're still just a little pod, just with our little group of listeners and fans, of which, mm-hmm. if you are one right now, thank you so much for listening. We love you love so much. much. I hope you come back after July. Yeah, yeah, please stay with us. Well, speaking of, I guess we should stay here. We should stay right up here. Just because we're taking a break doesn't mean that we're going to stop working on the pod. We're probably going to keep recording a couple episodes just to, like give ourselves some space we're also um planning to do some more stuff on twitch we'll probably put a couple things up on patreon so um mm-hmm. keep an eye out on our socials we'll keep you posted as to what we'll be doing this lovely Ju- july month aside right. from vibing and trying not to melt in the summer sun mm-hmm. 
Awesome. Um, Lawrence, you have a big update for us this week. I know Lord, our <laughs> listeners got a little Will's bit of this peppered at the end of last week, but um, there's a new member in your family. It's true. I've had a child, Uh huh. and her name is PlayStation 5. <gasps> oh my gosh, I was going to name my child that too. Yeah, it's, sorry, it's taken. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I got a PlayStation 5. Can you believe it? Can you believe? Honestly, no. Truly, I can't either. I saw this article that was like, PlayStation aims to sell 22 million units by the end of the year. I'm like, okay, girl, you better make them first. Yeah, where, where are they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I um, am extremely lucky, extremely blessed. The story I've been telling it to friends, and I'll tell it quickly for you, dear listeners, is... Oh, wait, hush, hush, hush. Um, We're going back to the, oh, story the dream time. space, story the theater time. space. Yes. Um, okay. So there, there it was. It was the day after, like, truly the night after we had recorded our E3 episode, mm. so... I was pooped, I was beat, but I was dealing with insomnia, as one does. Um, and so it was like 4 a.m. or so, I had finally decided to lay my little head down to rest um, and was like, okay, now's it. Now's the time that I'm going to go to sleep. Um, so I'm laying there in bed, counting sheep, counting backwards from 100, meditating. Does that really work? That's never worked for um, me. Counting backwards from 100 is the T. That's the way, that, that's like, when I can't sleep, if I like start at 100 and just start counting, then like usually I'm asleep by zero. See, my ADHD makes it that I get to, like, 92 before I just start thinking other thoughts and mm-hmm. figured I was even doing it. Well, funny you mentioned that, because I was counting backwards from 100. Mm-hmm. I was in the, I want, I don't want to say 80s, 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that point, I was like, mm, fuck this, I'm bored. I'm going to check my phone and scroll. <laughs> Naturally, yeah. like you do. So I check my phone, I opened a little Twitter app, and all of a sudden I get a notification from one of the people I follow on Twitter being like, PlayStation 5, digital version available at Target. And I'm like... Restock, restock. Restock alert. Um... And it was the digital version, and I want the physical version. Um, so at first, I almost ignored it. I was like, it's 4.30. It's probably already selling out. I'm not going to check. But then I realized, I'm like, oh, well, if the digital version's on sale, they're probably about to restock the physical one, too. So I got on my little Target app, checked, and lo and behold, physical version was there. It said add to cart. I added it right away as soon as I could. Hit checkout right away without even looking. It didn't go through the first time because it's like a high-demand item. Uh, did it again, and it went through... I got the confirmation email and picked it up the next morning. Oh my God. So. Harrowing. Listener. Would you, chills? Uh, I have chills. Chills? Yeah. Yeah, look. Goosebumps. Goosebumps, wow. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I mean, I assume, I mean, it's PS5. It's pretty great. It's great, yeah. I'll talk about it a bit in a minute when I talk about games I've been playing, but, like, yeah, um, truly, I mean, when we had Connor on a few, a couple months ago, he talked about how it truly feels next gen um and yeah absolutely it does it's everything weird. is so snappy so crisp that controller honey oh, i want to hold it oh it's so good it's everything so yeah i'm excited i'm glad to have it um i know it's uh, I'm, i know it sounds like loading which i am um, absolutely 100 you've told this story like five times this yeah, week since you've been to here. you yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's it's um well worth the wait if you are a fan of if you're a fan of PlayStation, a fan mm-hmm. of gaming if you're in general. you're a Sony boy, a, I mean, it sounds like they didn't disappoint other than, like, the ability to make them, which is yeah. rough. Yeah, and it, it, it's weird, too, because they're, since the install base is so low, it seems like they're kind of, like, I don't know. I don't want to say going back under plans to, like, develop more games it exclusively seems like for the PS5. They're, they're pushing some brakes on a couple of games that I think, um, you know, like, I think God of War is probably yeah. going to be a PS4 and PS5. It's... You know, mm-hmm. I understand why install base is low. There's, like, supply line issues because of... The semiconductor shortage yeah, and everything. pandemic-related yeah. things. All kinds of stuff is getting in the way of getting, you know, hardware out to people. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it seems like a lot of AAA games that we were expecting to be, like, PS5 exclusives 
or you know be developed for the PS5 exclusively with the with, new gen tech with, in mind. With that tech software hardware in mind, a lot of it's going to have to be like you know reverse engineered for PS4 capability, which yeah. means that there'll be a lot of PS5 games that probably can't look as good as they would be able to. Yeah, and especially, like, I haven't played Ratchet & Clank yet, mm -hmm. but, like, that game really takes advantage of the, like, solid-state drive that allows you to, like, instantly, instantly warp into uh, new locations, which seems like that game really takes advantage of that, so we won't see stuff like that for... A while. A while, but, you know, we've got a couple cool things, so um, it'll be cool to see. I'm excited, and you, you said you were playing a lot, probably going to get Ratchet & Clank, right? Yeah, that's probably the game I'm going to play after I get back from... Los Angeles, SoCal, after my little vacation oh, so moment. so busy, Lawrence. I know, I'm just so busy. I don't even have time for all these games. Can you believe it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, don't even get me started on movies and TV. Oh, oh my god. god. I can't even. I can't even. Um, hey, what's the deal? What's the tea? Is, is Kojima making a new game or not? Okay, I want to talk about this. Okay, Lawrence. So, did you know about this... Uh, uh, this conspiracy, this new video game conspiracy going around. I've heard, okay, general gist that I've heard is that there's a new game in development by what looks like an indie developer that no one's heard of, and mm. everyone thinks that it's secretly Hideo Kojima making a new game. Right, right. So this... Hideo Kojima being the guy who made um, Metal Gear Solid games, mm. uh, famously Death Stranding, Eric's favorite game of all time. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, just generally, you know, an enigmatic figure in the video game world. He has quite the personality, and he's known for pulling stunts like this. Um, famously, um, back in 2015, end of 2014, there was PT, which was the playable teaser um, for the game that ended up being the trailer, playable trailer for uh, the Silent, the Silent Hill game. Hills game that was going to star Norman Reedus back when Kojima still worked for, Korna worked Konami. for Konami. And that game never came to light. It got canceled because no. of lots of red tape. And yeah, but now stuff. PT is infamous for being like this short little horror game that like... Is considered one of the best one of the best time. One of the best horror games of the decade, just yeah. Just a 15 minute thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but you know, a, a lot of it has to do with like the mystery around the game. You know, that game was released quote-unquote, by, like, a fake company, a, mm -hmm. or made-up company. You know, nobody knew that this thing was going to be a Silent Hill game with Kojima attached until after it come out. Mm -hmm. um, he's, he's, uh, so he's, he has this kind of reputation for, like, creating fake narratives or, you know, ARG-type things to, um, to tease games. So, you uh, come back around to this game called Abandoned, which is an upcoming horror indie game for the PS5. Um, that is being made by the Dutch developer Blue Box Game Studios. Who no one's heard of, right? It's no like one has new, never new studio, heard apparently. of. So the, the T is that, like, it's strange that this seems to be a, um, a you know, Sony-backed, you know, uh, PS5, yeah, PS5 exclusive, exclusive game. By a by a game company that no one's ever heard of. If you watch the trailer, have you watched this trailer I yet? No. Actually, I'm gonna pause it for a second. Let me tell you a story, a true story, a story that could overcome to all of us. Imagine waking up at a place far, far away from home, away from your lost ones, away from friends, away from safety. So yeah, it's this trailer that's, uh, it looks like a lot, but says pretty much nothing. It's a very mysterious, you know, 
uh, you know, voiceover of this girl just saying, what if you were abandoned in the woods with nothing to survive? You're prey, you are... What would um, you do? You have nothing to to, to hope. What can you do? And the trailer is just shots of this, you know, very realistic looking, you know, dead brush forested area. Mm -hmm. Which I think is meant to be showing off the engine of the PS5, but, you know, there's also no gameplay, no Mm -hmm. real evidence of the story or any concept of what it is, and yet here it is, this big Sony-backed game that, from a developer, no one can find anything about. About. Yeah, so what's the tea? Like, wh- how, wh- how do these rumors start about that this is Hideo Kojima? And, like, what's the, like, latest on, on like, the yeah, what's happening mm-hmm. here? Well, it looks like, so I'm looking at a Kotaku article that came out about this last week. There have been, it's been all over, you know, journalism websites. Everyone's trying to get to the bottom of this mystery. So back in February, Video Game Chronicles reported Konami has already outsourced a Silent Hill project to a prominent Japanese developer with a reveal due this summer. Now, as we all know, Kojima doesn't work for Konami anymore, but that doesn't mean that he couldn't ever make a Silent Hills game eventually. Mm-hmm. It's one of like the you know one of the the saddest things we never got, I think, because I think you know his vision for that game would have been phenomenal. So naturally, people are going, "Oh, this abandoned game must be the fabled Silent Hills." Hills. That we never got. But uh, these rumors started grabbing attention um, when Blue Box Studio um, on Twitter tweeted out, Company fact, blue doesn't refer to the color, it refers to something else. Can you guess what it is? Um, Cut to people finding pictures of Hideo Kojima holding blue boxes in um, Twitter, pictures without any sort of you know, uh, any kind of reference or any kind of explanation. Um, Jeff Keighley, our boy Jeff Keighley got in on it too, famously friend of Hideo Mm -hmm. Kojima, his most notable accomplishment. His most notable best friend. Um, You know, someone said, hey, uh, uh, a question. Hey, Jeff, what the fuck is happening with Blue Box Game Studios? Can you talk about the game or their team? Um, He did say that Hassan, who was um, one of the developers they found who works for this company, Hassan has been really eager, I think, to share more about you in the coming month or so, so stay tuned. I think there is more soon to share on a game that we'll all find out together. Okay, work. So it seems like they're pulling a Taylor Swift, dropping little hints and Mm -hmm. and breadcrumbs around. Um, Interesting. I'm excited to see what this game's going to turn into. Yeah, or it could also be... Nothing. Yeah, it could, it could be, also yeah, be. It could just be an indie game that's made exclusively for mm-hmm. PS5. And, and yeah, because like, because you know the the trailer seems a little shoddy and put together to me, which you can either be read as oh they don't want to reveal it, it's a secret, mm-hmm. it's a, or it could be that this is actually a game that's probably just going to be fine. Yeah, um, or just a, even if it's a very good game, it's just a a, mm-hmm. a teaser. I mean, like a lot of games that end up being amazing are just like teaser trailers in the mm-hmm. beginning because they don't have much to show since they're pretty early in development. Right, so. right, right. Oh, other other fun piece of clue, fun uh, evidence. Piece of clue. Piece fun, of clue. fun clue that is a piece of evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, Blue Box, again on Twitter um, a few days ago in a tweet that has now been removed, tweeted that, what's the uh, real name of Abandoned? Because Abandoned is the placeholder name, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts with an S and ends with an L. Ooh. But that tweet is no longer on Twitter. But then here's the thing. Jason Schreier, our boy, um, Triple Click, um, Kotaku contributor, Bloomberg uh, contributor, Bloomberg. Um, you know, finally was able to interv- uh, get in like a short interview or so, an hour or so interview with um, Hassan Karaman, who is um, the head developer of Blue Box Studio, also HK, mm-hmm. which was initials yeah. of Hideo Kojima. He says, uh, you know, he says it's not. He says it's not. Nothing to do with Kojima, nothing to do with Silent Hills. Um, doesn't matter how much I try to debunk this. People don't believe it. They're just expecting that's not out there. It bothers me. 
And apparently on June 25th, which is in just two days, there is going to be a uh, sort of reveal of sorts. They are finally going to talk more about this game. And that's when this episode comes out. So this this all might be um, nonsense bullshit that turns yeah, out. To- this, is, this is all fucking <laughs> gobbledygook coming, spilling out of my mouth right now. Okay, work. I um, I see. Okay, I, I'm seeing the pieces here. So yeah, and you see, you're seeing the bigger picture here. It's 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 a fun little thing. You know, there's a there's a we love um, a mystery. We love a mystery in video games. We you know we love a, a weird Kojima ism something. You know he's no he. There's precedent that's been set before mm-hmm. for him to pull something like this. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. That's a long-winded way to say, isn't it fun when <laughs> stuff like this happens? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Like I said, I love to speculate. Love a um, love a breadcrumb moment. I I'm excited. I hope it like. There's nothing more satisfying than, like, the internet getting together to debunk something and then it actually being true. So mm-hmm. I hope that, um, yeah, that, that, that something is made of this. Or if or, not, what a what a great um, PR campaign that this Blue yeah, Box Studio right? had no fucking plans for. But yeah. now, wow, way to capitalize on, mm-hmm. on whatever, whatever weird bullshit the internet's on right yeah, now. Yeah, and, you know, best of luck to whatever this game turns out to be. Um, speaking of games. Oh, my gosh. On this video game podcast, you yes! would never. Can you believe? So we're halfway through the year. <gasps> I thought since now, since we're about to take a little breaky break, break-a, break-a, we break-a. should check in and like talk about games we've played so far this year. 2021 games we've played. Not uh, 2021 games, games which we played. will make up a larger portion of yeah. well, as you will sign um, up in just a moment. And like upcoming games that we're excited about. Just kind of like getting together our roadmap for that um, coveted goatee spot. Coveted right. game of the year moment. For your consideration. Yes, it's, it's um, starting. It's awards season, honey. So we're um, FYCing some games this year. And also just talking about like... Yeah, so like like we said, like I, we just talked about PS5 and how it's so hard to you know get shit right now. Get one. Um, there haven't been too many huge games so far this year. It's been a little mm. bit of a slow first half of the year. And that is not to say that there haven't been any 2021 yeah, games. Yeah, Lawrence yeah. and I are both. You but it's know, like if I had to like if I had to make a list of like a top ten games of the year at this point, I couldn't. Couldn't literally. Couldn't. I would have like maybe maybe four. Yeah. Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's been a good year for us and our backlogs. We've been able to play a lot of non-2021 mm-hmm. games. So and again, like again we're doing this gay podcast. I've played a ton of games this year for the podcast oh, that yeah. I might not have picked up again or, you know, even heard of had I not. Um, so, you know, kudos to those games as well. We'll bring some of those up, but there are episodes on them mm-hmm. when we get to them. Um, so where do we want to start? Do we want to start with, like, non-2021 games? Actually, no. Let's talk about the 2021 games first. Let's get those out of the way. And that's what... That's what uh, 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 okay, work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what did you play this year, dude? Oh my god. <laughs> well, you, you talked about it um, a second ago. Death Stranding is th- the game of my life. Wait, it's not a 2021 <laughs> game. You said we're starting with 2021 games. Well, I... <laughs> 20, Death Stranding the, didn't come out this year. I completely looked at the wrong Queen. list. Queen. Queen, let's take it back Queen, again. Queen, let's take it from the top. <laughs> I love it when I will. I love it when I say a thing. You said one thing, and, and then, then I immediately do the, the opposite thing. You're not editing this out. This is staying in. Okay. We're talking about 2021 games first. Mm-hmm. Death Stranding famously did not come out this year. Mm-hmm. So what have you played this year that you were really enjoying? Oh, I've been playing, working on Resident Evil Village still, um, which has been great. I know mm-hmm. that. Um, do you, would you say that's your goatee so far? I mean, by by, you know, lack of other options, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the other few games that are from twenty twenty one that I've played, I would probably not rank as high as Resident mm-hmm. Evil Village. 
Um, not to say I'm, I'm not sure if I like it more than seven or not. Mm -hmm. Seven, I was a big old, I had a big old hard on for. Um, and eight, I have a, 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 a just as hard on. Yeah, so um, hard. But yet, yet to surpass the one I got mm -hmm. from seven. So I'll update you on those chubsters. It's, um, it's still, it's still growing, filling up with blood. Still, yep, still <laughs> filling out. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. No, 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 no. But I, I won't be semi on RE8 forever, I promise you. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a, it's an incredible. It's 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 a one-up from 7 in the gameplay in every way so far. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, larger environments, more enemy variety, more weapon variety and customization, different options, how to tackle different challenges. Um, even though it is still pretty linear compared to 7, but again, I would say I'm maybe two-thirds of the way through at this point, and I'm I'm rounding into the final act, and I've heard that that is when shit's going to go off the rail, so Work. I can't speak to any of that. But, yes, it is a very, very good game. I highly recommend it. Lawrence, I want you to play it so I will, bad. yeah. It's probably, yeah, I'm probably playing it soon. I get it on my PlayStation 5, which, I don't you, know if you knew this, I have one. Now. Oh my god, you did? You got one? Yeah, I don't wow. know where I got a PlayStation 5. It's really yeah, cool. no. Yeah, um, speaking of that, I've been playing, I recently started the indie game Maquette on PS5. <gasps> I it's just like, heard about it's this. It's a cool little, like, puzzle, um... Um, it's like a, I don't know what, what to call it. It's like a... An MC Escher almost kind of illusion game. Yeah, not Escherian so much. Um, as much as like a dollhouse. So the whole conceit is like, you are in this little like space. Courtyard um, area. It's like courtyard sorts. with like this like, um, uh, gazebo in the center. Mm -hmm. And inside the gazebo, you can take objects from outside. And in the, in the center of the gazebo, you see like a like a diorama figure of, of, the, of courtyard the courtyard that you're in. Like and the gazebo that you're in. And so you can drop objects in that little, like, miniature spot. And in the, then, into the model. Yeah. A small object dropped in the model. Will then become a large object to scale outside. So if mm -hmm. you drop a, like, dice, uh, or, like, a, a six-sided die inside, then outside you'll hear a crash, and you look outside, and there's a giant die sitting there. Yeah. Um, so, so it's kind of like a game that, like, it's looped in on itself mm -hmm. um, physically. Yeah. Um, um, very non-Euclidean, you yes, know? Yes, yes, yes. Um, and yeah, it's interesting. It's telling like a, it's telling this like narrative romance story about this like artist and this, mm -hmm. uh, and this woman that he meets and like their little romance. Um, it looks awesome. We it's love giving, straight romance. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> we, uh, it's giving me, um, Witcher, or not Witcher, um, The, uh, the Witness. The Witness The vibes, Witness yeah, vibe, which uh -huh. is a very like quiet, calm, contemplative, mm -hmm. puzzly game. Yeah. Um, um, it's giving, it, there's a couple other points of reference that I had when I was playing it, but that's neat. So that's, mm -hmm. I, I'm not obsessed with it. It's really cute. It's really interesting. Um, other, like, indie games that have come out this year. I talked about uh, Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. <laughs> I uh, love it, that name. It's so fun. It's a cute little Zelda-like game. Uh, really charming music. The, like, theme music that plays in, like, the main town is, like, stuck in my head whenever I talk about it. Um, it's really fun. It's, like, uh, it was made by a small team of devs and is, like, a short little uh, top-down 2D Zelda-like adventure game. Um, is it queer? You know, I think all things that are anti-capitalist are inherently queer. Hell so, yeah. Um, so yeah, it would queer code that little turnip who's ripping up tax documents. Um, Good in for him. Like haunted garden. It also is interesting. It takes place in like, okay, this is really dark and a bit of a spoiler for the game. Um, but it's implied in the game that it takes place in an alternate universe where humans solved COVID by like releasing nuclear bombs and then there was like nuclear fallout and it made these like plants grow sentience and become Whoa, radioactive. And literally COVID? Yeah, Liter literally COVID. Like it like um they there's like references to COVID in the game. So ah. it's like a like dark um <laughs> I have to say that's the first instance of like COVID in a video game. Yeah, that that's heard. something I noted yeah. too. Yeah, that was something that was like on my mind when I played it. I was like, oh I think it's the first time I've seen 
Miss Corona pop up mm-hmm. being referenced in the game. So that was really fun and neat um, and a little spoiler. Um, and then the last little indie game I played um, is Loop Hero, which we talked about earlier this year as well. It's a really cool like base building game. I kind of fell off of it, but it was uh, really interesting. It's essentially like an old school RPG where like you're playing as the dungeon master rather than the hero. So like yes. there's a hero who's like automatically walking around this track and you just set down tiles to like um uh, generate enemies and like give him like things to spawn into as he's progressing and if you like uh, progress enough then eventually you find the boss of the level. Um and it's really cool. It's very meta too about like a, an erased world of video games and like uh, this hero kind of questioning like why he's going on this like mindless quest. So yeah, that was on my list of things I really wanted to try. I love yeah. those those meta commentaries on games. It, mm-hmm. it seems like an evolution of like the uh, idle game genre yeah, of games yeah, where you bad. don't necessarily control the player, but you do like have to watch and wait for them to do certain things, and then you control like how what objects they interact with or mm-hmm. how the objects they interact with affect the world around them. Yeah. Um, very cool. I remember, um, I heard a lot of people really were big fans of this when it came out, um, earlier this year. Yeah. Um, other big game that we, you and Lawrence and I were both a fan of. You and Lawrence and I. You and Lawrence and I. Even, you and you me said. and Lawrence and I. <laughs> what is up with me? <laughs> I don't know. What's your energy? Is it because you got drunk? <laughs> Not even. No, I had, I had a drink. I Not had a drink with barely half a shot. <laughs> I think I'm just, we having, even? I'm having a Weekend. I'm having a, a weekend. Are you okay? Do you wanna? Oh, you having a good weekend? I'm I thought you meant like you're having a weekend, like you're struggling. No, Are no, I'm having a good weekend. I think I'm just. Uh, ex- I've expanded my social uh-huh. uh, energies and abilities. I and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sentence. It is very weird. Good. Like we're making like very direct eye contact, and I think it's just like we're not used to this energy of recording in the same space. Right. Um. But I don't know. It's okay, baby. It's just you and me and this microphone, and oh, and you, our you, hundreds of thousands of listeners. You and me and Lawrence. Yeah, here. you and me and Lawrence. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, what I think you were going to talk about um, is a little little Switch game that we played. So I was going to say, like, those three indie games have all been really cool. They might make my goatee shortlist, depending on what comes out this year. Uh, but so far, my two games of the year, if you will, are mm-hmm. both Nintendo Switch games. One of which we What a played, shock! One of which uh, I've played. I and Lawrence have played. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, that first one is... Island 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. And I think the plus does a lot of heavy lifting there because mm-hmm. this is, like we have like we said in the episode where we covered it, uh-huh. a port of a Wii U game. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bowser's Fury, the like side campaign they added on. Pretty stellar. Pretty actually. stellar. One what? of my favorite things that I've played all year. Le- legit, mm-hmm. legit. It just, it's, it's, uh, everything about it is a short little thing. It's a th- Mario in a new light. We've never seen him before. Yeah. It also speaks to the power of brevity in games too. Exactly. Because yeah. like, I mean, you know, there's so much discourse around like what, what constitutes the, the, the $60 price tag and now, you know, $70 on PlayStation 5, which I own. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm insufferable. Um, Hold on, let me let me take a drink every time. Every time I mention that I own a PS5, which I do. <laughs> oh, there we go. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, there's been a lot of discourse as to what constitutes like that price tag and what uh, makes it worth it. And it's cool, like you know, having re-released a Wii U game and adding on this new little side mission. It's cool to have this little side mission that feels. Very complete, mm-hmm. very short, um, and very, I don't know, fun film. It feels like, it feels like this was something that was like some dude at Nintendo's dream of like a really short Mario game, but was like, that'll never happen though, because it yeah, needs to be triple A. We Nintendo would never, zone, yeah. you know, give us the time or money to like develop that. But here it is, an incredibly short, sweet Mario game that seems 
to indicate where Mario might be headed in future games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of blending. It, I mean, it blends 3D World's um, engine and mechanics. mechanics with, like, the Mario Odyssey style, like, open An world open sandbox. World, so, some, like, yeah. Breath of the Wildy sorts of elements. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, like, big sprawling lake area with different mm-hmm. islands you can travel to. Yeah. Um, I honestly loved it. I and, loved it, too. And, and it's truly not there because it is just, like, you know, 2021 has lacked, you know, big games. Yeah, no. This, this is a big a, game. This yeah. is a big game for me. This I, one I think is going to be on my end-of-the-year list, I feel. And what about um your other one, your other Nintendo game of the year? Yeah, you know. So, you know, those cute, cute cuddly characters known as Pocket Monsters. Oh, the Pokemans? You know the Pokemans. My um, parents don't let me play that. Yeah, because they are... In fact, demons. <laughs> Didn't you hear? It's 2002 again. <laughs> Pokemon um, want to take your kids away. Uh, but yeah, new Pokemon Snap has been another one of my favorite experiences of the year. Another one that was like short, sweet. I had my little moment with it. I had a lot of fun with it while it was there. It was just a very pretty, very chill game that I needed to. It was so fun to just like, like the week that it was out, I truly just got fucking blazed nice. and like rode around in those environments and like took the cutest pictures of pokemon and it was so cool how they like brought all those pokemon to life just filled these environments with like so much mystery and secrets and uh fun uh the gameplay of it did get like repetitive at the uh, like towards the end it was um the like ai for like how quote-unquote good your photos were kind of boiled down to like is the Pokemon big and in the center of the frame in the camera? Yeah. And are they looking at the camera? And if so, they get points. And it, like, it doesn't really encourage any kind of like creative Artsy sort of like back shots um, or whatever. Yeah. That being said, like, you know, um, there's the whole social media element to it of being able to share your photos online, um, which kind of like inspired some creativity. I um, can't believe Nintendo didn't write. Didn't rate my chancy side boob picture <laughs> like a five out of ten. Side egg. Side egg. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, that one's fun. It, it might be on my end of the list, depending on um, what else comes out this year. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's not to say there haven't been other games we haven't played yet that have come out. Yeah, real quick, some games that have come out that we haven't played. Uh, if we want to just, like, popcorn-style list these off. Ooh, um, did you hear about It Takes Two? It Takes Two. Really this cool, was, like, like, a... co-op game about, like, parents getting divorced. Yeah, but, like, a, a, a campaign game built for co-op yeah, to yeah, player yeah. only. Um, it looks great. I think it was made by the developers of, um... I think it's called A Way Out. It was another like co- couch oh. co-op uh, narrative adventure game. I think it's the same developers who did that. Um, I've heard, yeah, mixed things about it. Some people weren't crazy about the story, but I've heard the gameplay was really cool. Yeah, I would love for us to play it. Yeah, that'd be cute. Um, I feel like I got it. I never know. I never know what I own. You never know. Things are on Game Pass <laughs> every day. Exactly. I don't know what, which games I own anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise I don't have. Um, I played the demo. It wasn't for me, but... <sighs> Monster Hunter fans have been loving the the shit out of this mm-hmm. game. Not um, to mention, there's a what Monster Hunter Stories two that just yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah. I or think it's I, coming out soon. I, think I might check that out though. Yeah. It's a cute little, very very Ghibli, very Studio Ghibli, very right. Breath of the Wild again, again kind again. of those vibes. Uh, I have yet to play Persona Five Strikers. Mm-hmm. That was one of my most anticipated for the year because Persona Five Royal is one of my all, goaties all, mm-hmm. every year. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's another one I haven't played either because I haven't finished Persona 5 Royal mm-hmm. or Persona 5. And this does take place, like, after the ending of the original Persona 5, so I don't want to, like, spoil yeah, myself. That's right. Um, and, you know, I'll get it. It has not gone on sale. It has stayed, it has stayed mm-hmm. at that $60 yeah, yeah, price yeah. level. I, I saw, like, it had, like, some launch sales. I wonder, it'll probably go on sale, like, 
for the Steam Summer Sale, which should be coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, so I'll keep my eye out for it. Um, okay, real quick, a couple others. Subnautica Below Zero is really cool. Did you play the original Subnautica? I did not, but I know I would like them if I did. Yeah, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I'm probably going to play it um, like next month since I have... Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, did you know that I... <laughs> own a PS5? Did you know that I have a PlayStation just... 5 now? <laughs> mm. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. Not to mention the replicant version 1.22474487139. A remake of the 20 original of the original Nier game from 2010, mm-hmm. which um, did get a Western release but was very, very different from the Japanese release. Um, this re-release has a lot of updated gameplay elements. Um, they've restructured the story to be closer to what the Japanese release of the game mm-hmm. was, which is the canonical version of the game. Um, it's cool. I'm playing Nier Automata right now, um, which I am absolutely enthralled by. Mm-hmm. I will probably play this afterwards. I know that they are not, like, super connected, Nier Replicant and Nier Automata, but they are in the same universe and feature a lot of the same gameplay elements. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sure I'll have a great time. You know I love that Japanese shit. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, that is already out, so I'll probably pick it up soon. Yeah, um, I've been playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition, still working through it. Haven't touched it in a couple weeks, because mm-hmm. E3 came along and, um... Sorry, Commander Shepard, but I was preoccupied with other things. But um, that's another thing. I mean, a really released, technically not a 2021 game, but is also a 2021 yeah. game. That's but it is, it is in the discourse again. Yeah, People are talking about guide. it. Um, and then Chicory, A Colorful Tale. Have you heard about this game? No, what is this? It's really cute. It's this like game, um, kind of has like a black and white, hand-drawn, cartoony aesthetic. And it's about this dog who's like trying to help this like rabbit that has like mental illness <laughs> this sounds cute and kind of sad yeah um it's really cool it's like a, a puzzle platformer um it looked like it had a lot of like okay pause for um sips which we're not gonna be able to edit out since we're on the same track that's right <laughs> i didn't think about that until after i was doing it truly girl <laughs> but yeah this game looks really cute it looks like a lot of heart i looked at the trailer and i was like this game looks um like my shit so i'm excited mm-hmm. for that so yeah, that's that. Oof, all um, right. Before we get into like what we've, I, I think we can probably end it soon with like what we've been playing um, this year. Mm-hmm. That's not from twenty twenty one, but like looking ahead at this year, is there anything later like coming out this year that you're like particularly excited about that you think is gonna be on your goatee list? Oh, I, definitely Psychonauts two. Oh yes. Um, I I think I talked about it on the E three episode last week, but I've been waiting that's for that a game. game that you've been waiting for for like fifteen years, yeah. literally. I cannot wait for that. Um, I mean, I hope it's not a flop. It looks like it'll be pretty good. I love the first game, and if it's just the first game, but with you know. Cleaner graphics, cooler gameplay, mm-hmm. better stories. Yeah, new no, probably, I mean, if the first one was such a hit, I feel like this the one's going to be. One's gonna this be like, well, the first one wasn't a hit. It became like a cult well, classic yeah, yeah, years mm-hmm. after. But now I'm more. But now I'm pretty sure the second one will be yeah. pretty popular because people have like. I'm excited to see like it. how it's revitalized, how it's like yeah. um, grown and evolved since the original. game. Right, because it is it is very classical, like mid two thousands platformer, which was a very distinctive style. I mm-hmm. think, in, like you know, Mario Sunshines or the Battle for Bikini Bottom. Yeah. It's very much in line with those kinds of, you know, kid platformer games, but this game had a more mature edge to it. Mm-hmm. Double Fine games are known for being a little more irreverent and absurd in their humor, so can't wait for that. Um, also, we've got... Mm, Mario Golf Super Rush is out, like, the day this episode comes out, and I'm so, so excited for that game, so I can't wait. <laughs> we've talked about how um, it just looks so camp, so fun. The it's fashion, the fashion. Yeah, uh, Waluigi's, like, uh, golfing, golfing get-up. Mm-hmm. Um, Shoving that whole club up also, his ass. Okay, work. <laughs> I was gonna say though, Mario is kind of hot. 
<laughs> have you ever thought this? Okay, you can't. You have to put. You can't just drop this on me in the middle of recording. You just have to put that combo in the show notes. This is a three-hour conversation. <laughs> no, wait, but truly, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think Mario the Red Plumber is attractive. Not, or Luigi. I would. I honestly would consider myself both. a Luigi mm-hmm. over a Mario. I don't know. There's something like there's this poise that Mario has to him, especially in his like um his like white golf khakis that he's in. It just looks like he's a professional man who's like out on the greens, ready for taking a ready break. for business. But today it's all about pleasure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. See, for me, it's more. I look at Luigi and I'm like, I could fix him. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, I think there's probably a lot of that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? You know, Mario's definitely bare. I would say, you know, Luigi's maybe a little more twunky. Yeah. I do want to say, though, like, we're, we're veering into bits. Uh-huh. It's not a bit. I think Mario's <laughs> hot. <laughs> oh, man. We should uh, we should do a listing of, like, what what the hottest Mario is in yeah. which game, like... Ooh, yeah, like, which version of Mario Which version of Mario is, is the, the definitive, yeah, mostly, yeah, most, yeah. most attractive, most whatever. Yeah. We'll do, like, yeah, let's do a tier listing of, like, mm-hmm. of the different Mario incarnations. Eh? And and just how erotic we find him. Yes. Yeah. Very excited for that. So um, Mario Golf Super Rush this Friday. <laughs> Get your poppers ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like a lot of the stuff, uh, that, stuff that we're excited for, we talked about last week with the E3 mm-hmm. Direct, like, real quick... We're both really excited for WarioWare, uh, pretty excited for Metroid Dread, Super Monkey Ball, very excited Oof. for uh, Mario Party Superstars. These are all games that I will probably get and like can see myself. Um, if I'm being honest, I think the game I'm most looking forward to this year, if yours is Psychonauts, mine is Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Oh my god. The remakes of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. I mean, I talked a lot about how those original DS games were like hugely definitive for me, so... I, yeah, I, I, I'm very excited to revisit that world and see, hopefully, yeah. how they make it a fresh yet familiar game. Yes, and mm-hmm. I uh, have never played them, so I'm mm-hmm. excited. You know, this will be my first interaction yeah. with these two games. Uh-huh. Um, should, which one should I get, do you think? Um, you should get Pearl, because I'm getting Diamond. Okay, word. Good. Uh, awesome. Uh, Lake is coming out later this year. This is the game we talked <gasps> about a bit for New three. Lake just dropped. New Lake just dropped. <laughs> Um, you know this one, it's about the mail-carrying woman. Yes. Can you talk about it? Yes. Yeah, um, it's about this, like, woman who quits her job in the big city and moves back to her small, like, Pacific Northwest town to become a mail-carrier. Um, that game looks like it, mm-hmm. it's been getting a lot of buzz since it was, like, um, expanded upon at E3. Comes out in, like, early September. That seems like a game that's gonna be very our shit. Um, probably queer-coded. Um, Skatebird, we talked about it again last week, but holy shit. Skate, like, skateboarding game where you play as a little bird. I mean, how, how is that not a 10 out of 10? Mm-hmm, absolutely. IGN, you cowards, give it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Call them out. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Sable, which I talked about last week as well. I, I got to play a demo of it last week. Um, oh my gosh. For, like, the Steam Next Fest, they released a bunch of demos, and so I checked this game out. Um, very Breath of the Wild inspired again, and this one very like I mean, actually Breath of the Wild. Yeah. You can actually see it in the bones. Yeah, like I was walking around and it's like, okay, go climb up this cliff, and you have a little stamina bar that shows how far you can climb. And then like in the demo, um, I went through one little dungeon. At the end of the dungeon, the reward for it was a gliding mechanic that I could uh, then use. <gasps> um, but yeah, so it seems like that mixed with like a um, kind of Mad Max future, uh, not so dystopian as Mad Max, but, like, desert future, uh, you're riding along on, like, a sand hover bike. Kind of just going on this, like, rite of passage as this young girl from this village who's, like, now um, leaving and going on her own journey of self-discovery. So that seems really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else coming later this year that you're excited for? 
Not really. I'm ex- I'm excited for surprises. You know. Yeah, I mean, that's always a thing. I'm too. still I am still catching up on E3 news. I haven't yeah. even watched a lot of conferences that I meant to, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm sure that as the year goes on, there will be so many releases. I mean, I'm sure countless indie titles that we don't even know about because the the world of indie titles is vast and expansive, mm-hmm. and we're only two people. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm, and I'm sure there are uh, so many hidden gems that will make themselves known as we go on. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, we'll keep our ear to the ground. Um. Yeah, me too. That's the last mm-hmm. thing I was going to say too, is like, I'm excited to, um, I'm always excited for the stuff that I'm not anticipating. Right. Like, I feel like last year that was Hades for me. For sure. Um, like that was the big one that was like, Oh shit. I, I only passingly heard about this game and now it's out and everyone's raving about it. Um, and that was like September too. So I feel like always in fall, there's like a big game that everyone gets like very excited for. Right. Um, so, um, so far, could you name a gazed game of 2021? Ooh, that's come out so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably turn a boy commits tax evasion. We'd love that anti-capitalist vegetable. Yes. Um, yeah. What about you? Have you found um, so far? I mean, we talked about it. Bowser Jr.'s, Pretty. Oh yeah, his daddy issues. Pretty fay in mm-hmm. ba- in Bowser's Fury. Yeah, his a daddy little issues. A little, a little, 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 little. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Nintendo's no, gonna we... sue us for libel. Like, <laughs> dare you, Nintendo? Do it, do, do it, Doug it, Bowser. Do it. I'm here. All press is good press. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why don't we take a quick little break and then talk about games we've been playing this year, non 2021s we've been playing. And what else we've been up to, and then head on out. I think we should kind of make it a shorter moment today. That's right. All right. Uh, Be right back. See ya. And we're back. (laughs) With less gay for play. Oh, was that your foot? Yeah, I'm fine though. Okay, Oomph is attacking me on our very own podcast, and it's feeling very um, personal. Pointed, even? Pointed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hate crime is a word that has been used. Some people are using that word to describe the actions. Lawrence is using that word right now. (laughs) Yes, he is. I didn't say I am. I said some people are using that word. Oh, okay. But anyways, we're back with more gay for play. (laughs) Maybe even less gay for play. (laughs) Maybe less. Um, Yeah, so in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about... Non-2021 games we've been mm. playing in 2021. Which makes up a bulk of my um, playlist yeah. year so far. Um, I'm not going to talk about too many, but I will go through a few. Just a few, just a few innit? Oh, yeah, mate. Just a little bit. I might, yeah. Um, and then I want to talk about, like, the podcast so far. Like I said, we've been doing this for seven months. I want to talk about, like, a couple of our, like... I don't know, brag about ourselves a little bit. Talk about what we're proud of, some conversations that we've had that we're um, glad that we've had. Or the things we wish we could take back, but we can't because they're on the airwaves forever. And they're, yeah, they're out on the internet forever, so mm-hmm. there's some of that, too. Uh, but let's start with games. Eric, what have you been playing this year? Oh my god, Lawrence, have you heard of this game, um, Death Stranding, that came out? Oh um, by? <laughs> it's this Hideo Kojima game, you probably haven't heard of him because he's this like really indie developer mm-hmm. that's like been, you know, around... Um, okay. it's true. No, truly. I mean, I'm, I'm memeing it because I do think it is, it is easy to rag on this game. Oh, it's very easy to rag on this game, which I also have done plenty of, mm-hmm. but, uh, what? Okay. I know you've talked about Death Stranding a lot. Um, so I, I don't feel like you need to sell it too much to the listeners again, but like, what was the moment that like made it 
click for you that was like, this is why I think this game is so important and why it it's was, like hooked you this year? It was a couple hours into the game um, when I realized that I was doing every single task inside mission that the game was asking me to do, not because I had to, but because I was just so um, drawn into the gameplay mm-hmm. and the loop of... You know, you're basically a glorified mailman Amazon in the delivery game. driver. Pretty much. It's about delivering packages and reestablishing connections across vast, unconnected landscapes um, in the far future. In um, America. In America, in a far future apocalypse America. Um, and that I mean, and that process, it's, it's similar to that feeling of Breath of the Wild um, when you're trying to find the towers to reconnect them so you can see more of the map. Um, mm-hmm. So much of what's satisfying about this game for me is... The reconnecting of the map, building roads to make terrain less treacherous, making it easier to make deliveries to people. Um, you know, the game does a really good job about actually just making you feel good mm-hmm. about doing nice things for fake virtual people. Yeah. You know, it was a game that, you know, I played it for hours on end and I was treating it more like a job than my real job, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I think a good sign in a game. Um, maybe not a great sign in life. Maybe not a great sign in life. <laughs> so, hey, but we kind of we kind of scribe uh, morals yeah, to that. Um, and I and I haven't talked about it. I mean, I, I've said before we will do a full episode on this game and all its intricacies and mm-hmm. um, pseudo queerness that may or may not be there. Um, but you know, the game the game is a very optimistic game. It's a very positive. You know, out of the ashes we can build something better. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such a refreshing thing for a triple A video game. To not focus on cycles of violence or, or murder or destruction, but a game that is very much about how can we work together to build things better. Yeah. Um, and that's a really invigorating thematic message for a game to have. There's lots of other messy plot uh-huh. stuff that goes on that I'm not going to talk about, but the overall but that's, that's the overall theme yeah. of the game and like, you know, the end game, you know, it all comes down to like, no, not violence, holding hands. Love. Love. Love, love. Will, love will bring us back better. <laughs> It's um, interesting, that kind of is a um, thematic parallel with a very different game, but mm. a game that I've been playing this year. It's a game from 2020, um, and it's kind of bug, kind of snack, a little bit of both. Is it a bug snack? It's kind of bug snacks. It's oh bug snacks. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, which is a little, um, it's almost like a Pokemon light experience. Um, a little bit, yeah. yeah. You play as these little uh, monsters called... I think they're called Wombuses. That might be wrong. But they're like kind of like Muppety, Muppety. Muppety furry dudes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you, um, you're you a like journalist who's been sent to Snack Tooth Island where a bunch of people have moved to start a new life um, because these mysterious creatures called Bug Snacks have appeared and they're these little bugs that look like snacks. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so you're sent there because like the, the head uh, explorer slash like community guide, uh, Lizbert, has like gone missing. Uh, and you're kind of like unpacking this like mystery of what's happened to her while also bringing this town back together because like um, before you got there something happened to the um, to the residents of Snacksburg the like main hub center oh of no the town, not Snacksburg um, where everyone has moved out except for the mayor who's like the first guy you meet and he's like this like really like down on his luck dude who's like trying to like hold this broken he's no Tom Nook. together yeah. yeah truly yeah he's not holding the community together like our our good friend Tom Nook. Um, and so you explore the different sectors of the island and try to bring all the um, Grumpuses, that may not be it, Grumpuses, that's what it is, Grumpuses. Grumpuses. Um, you're trying to bring all the Grumpuses back to Snacktooth Island. So again, it's about, it's 
really interesting about building community. And this game, very, very queer. Um, I've heard. Yeah, lots of... So, Lizbert, the main, like, woman you're searching for, um, is in a, a loving female relationship with another um, another Grumpus who's gone missing. Uh, a lot of the Grumpuses have queer romances in this game. There's uh, non-binary representation in this game. Um, oh, to be surely, a non-binary Grumpus. Yeah, that's the dream. <laughs> eating bug snacks all day. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just a truly, truly, really charming game that I'm, um, that I didn't get last year because at that point I didn't have a PS5. Um, I'm not playing this on my PS5. But, but you do have a PS5 now, I do have it now, and I'm not playing it on that, I'm playing it on my PC. Um, and yeah, just a really, really gorgeous game that I've really, really loved, and again, one that I feel like will do a full epi on. Oh, well, for sure. And, you know, I do own this game, I bought it. I have not even opened it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. bug snacks. I haven't finished it. I'm, I have the horrible thing. I did this with Persona 5, too. I'll get 90% of the way through a game and then not finish it. And then so much time passes <laughs> that when you come back and you're like, I well, I'm like at I the end. The good thing and is, things are hard yeah. because it's the end of the game. The good thing is bug snacks is so short that I, I'm still not at the point where I feel like I need to restart. But mm-hmm. if I do, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I'd gladly restart bug snacks. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Um, what else have you been playing? Oh, what else have I been playing? Oh, I had a, I didn't talk about it much on the podcast, but I had a pretty intense crash team racing nitro field addiction um, for like the first few months of the year. I don't know. It was on sale. I bought it. It was a really good racing game. I haven't played a good racing game in a while, Mm -hmm. you know? Mario Kart's a little passe, you know? We've all played Mario Kart. Crash team racing has a lot more, um skill to it. If Mario Kart is like driving uh, automatic, Crash Team Racing is like driving stick shift, mm, where it, where there is like a technical still to like shifting up and down gears, and mm. you know there's a little jump button that you can use to get boosts and stuff. Like there's just a lot of platforming mixed into the kart racing that I'd never seen before in a game, even though it's a remake of a 20 year old game. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. Nice, cute. I played online for a long time. I got most of the little secrets. Just a fun little. I love that little Bandicoot and his spinoffs. He's so much fun. Nah. Him and his little crew. I was crew. never a big Crash head, but I might. I, I might go through the Insane Trilogy. Um, I need to get that. I, I. It was not really either. I got into his like later games on GameCube, the ones that people don't really even mm-hmm. like that much, but. You know what? A shirtless Bandicoot, he kind of did something for me. Yeah. A, kinda, a little bit. Also kind of hot. Also kind of hot. <laughs> no furry. I mean, maybe a little, a little furry. furry. Yeah. <laughs> we would never. We would never shame furries. On yeah, this no podcast. furry shame. Yeah. That's a tangent. Um, Here we go. I think it's so weird that people are still like furry shaming in 2021. Like, get a life. Let people do whatever I, they fucking, want. Right? It's so weird. Like people are like, oh, furries are so weird and gross. I don't know. Fucking let them live. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I, this this don't need to yift down my throat or anything. You know, I don't know why they have to be so. <laughs> anyway, furry phobic. Anyway, what other <laughs> games? What other games, Lawrence? Um, on VR, I've been playing a lot of Beat Saber, which I've talked about a oh, lot. As as had I. I had yeah. a pretty intense Beat Saber uh, in thing like mm-hmm. earlier this year too. Great exercise, wonderful exercise. You're getting a little beefy. Oh, look at my arms. There's, they're not that beefy, but it's, <laughs> it is great. Great arm workout. Great uh, cardio workout. Um, another game I didn't really, I haven't really shouted out much is Super Hot VR. Mm, um, oh my god! A really cool uh, first-person shooter um, where you're set in this like black and white world. All the enemies are these like polygonal, low-poly red figures. Uh, and the whole conceit of the game is that like all the enemies die in one hit, 
um, and time only moves when you move, um, which is really cool in this VR version because time truly only moves when, when you, you the move player, your hands when you, and your arms. Yeah, and like turn your head to look and move your head to dodge obstacles. Yeah. It's incredible. It was it was one of the first VR games yeah. that I played when I got a quest, and it's kind of like a killer app. It's like I the, think so. The yeah. best mm-hmm. like you want to know what VR is capable of. Play this game. It mm-hmm. like takes you know it takes first person shooters elements and kind of turns it into a puzzle game yeah where you also have to be like considerate of your like movement yes, and, stam- yeah, yeah, and yeah. like stamina it's like a stamina gauge but it's your actual body uh-huh. not a not like a stamina gauge in a game and it sounds very intimidating too but like i've shown this game to people who've never done vr before mm-hmm. and like even my parents who like aren't really big gamers and it's really intuitive like to see you get it as soon yeah. as you get it as soon as you put it on and that's what i think is the best of VR games are the ones where you just immediately go, oh, oh like, I get what's oh, going I get it. on here. Because, yeah. re- because it's like real life. Yeah, Beat Saber too. Like yeah. when you see flying box, blocks coming at you in real life. Hit them! Of course you have to slice, slice them with your giant lightsaber swords. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's do one more each. Um, Eric, I can't, we can do a couple more each, but I can't believe this is the year that you became a Kingdom Hearts 3 apologist. <laughs> uh, I'm honestly more ashamed of that than I am of Kingdom, or of um, um, Death Stranding. Um, <laughs> I will I will wear my Death Stranding Pride flag shirt. I will not tell I will not tell a soul of my Kingdom Hearts three uh, <laughs> apology tour, um, which I am on on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, it's wild. I mean, like it happened after we did the episode with Casey on the Kingdom Hearts right, franchise it was because I was I was just going back and replaying the games, mm-hmm. and I played three on like a super hard mode, and mm-hmm. I just suddenly was and like, "You're like, wait, wait, this is fun." Wait a second. Actually, hold on. It's a game I had. A, I had, we talked about it so much on the the Kingdom Hearts episode. It was a game that when it came out, I had so many issues with because I thought it was just so goddamn easy. Yeah. I just blazed through it. I missed a lot of story stuff because I wasn't curious about the worlds because the game wasn't asking me to be um, engaged. Engaged. With them. Yeah. yeah. And I thought this critical mode update that they added even a few months after the game came out, so I, it wasn't even available when I played it originally. Um, it, there was just some little gameplay tweaks to the game that made me go, oh, I actually Kingdom Hearts 3 is a pretty well-made game. Plot stuff is all over the place, as you expect from Kingdom Hearts 3, but I do not think it was the um, gameplay flop a lot of people thought it was. Mm-hmm. It just needed some adjusting. Yeah, 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 yeah. It seems like Critical kind of fixed a lot. Um, yeah, I've also become a little bit of an apologist for it. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't play it as much as you did, but I did uh, go through and finish up some... Uh, some side quest stuff that some, I like, didn't Some, like, end play. game quests. Yeah, yeah, I got that Ultima weapon and, like, had some fun revisiting it. So, yeah. wild that we became Kingdom Hearts 3 apologies. Yeah. And, um, they're, and, you know, they're not done making those games. They're still coming. Oh, yeah. So, it is not the last time we'll talk about Kingdom Hearts. We'll see. We're going to be fucking 70 years old talking about Kingdom Hearts 5. <laughs> and I can't wait. But honestly, I can't wait to be an old dude, like, rocking my Sora cosplay mm-hmm. with the hair. Ah! <laughs> Um, lastly, I want to mention, uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, um, the seventh Yakuza game, or the seventh numbered entry into the Yakuza franchise. I was playing this recently since it just came to Game Pass. Uh, this is a game that came out 2020. Very, very cool. Uh, the Yakuza games, if you're familiar with them, they all, like, are these kind of, like, um... Uh, kind of heightened, heightened dramatic, uh, but Japanese soap opera. Almost. Yeah, yeah, but comedic looks at, um, yeah, like a Japanese soap opera look at the life of Yakuza members. Mm-hmm. Um, the first six games in the series follow um, the protagonist. Uh, I believe his name is Ichiban, uh, or I might be wrong. 
Anyways, oh, the first six uh, Yakuza games uh, all follow one protagonist, and this game follows a new protagonist, um, and so it's kind of a good picking starting up one, starting spot. spot. Yeah. Um, it also changes the gameplay up dramatically. The last games have been uh, all beat 'em ups, and this game is a turn-based RPG, uh, similar to Final Fan, like early Final Fantasy games and Dragon Quest. And the reason why is because um, in this game you play as a guy in the Yakuza who is inspired to, like, be a good doer and, like, to uh, use his Yakuza, um, his Yakuza status as a way to, like, protect his community. Because, as a kid, he was very into Dragon Quest, uh, the uh, series of JRPGs. Um, so much so that his whole world is kind of inspired... Um, or the, the idea is that he sees himself as the hero in a Dragon Quest story. Don't we all, though? Don't we all a little bit? Um, so it's really cool. It takes that uh, idea, and that's why the game plays like a turn-based RPG. And um, I love that when games find, like, a diegetic reason for the gameplay to yes, exist in bad. the game. Uh-huh. It's a very meta opinion and take to have, mm-hmm. but I love those kinds of reasonings. Yeah, yeah. So I'm only a couple chapters into the game so far, but it's really good, really incredible writing, really great voice acting. Uh, I'm playing it, it, it with the Japanese voice acting because that feels true right. to, to the setting. Um, but yeah, it's great. So um, that's uh, one of my fave games I've been playing this year. Yeah. And then lastly, I will mention, I've mentioned it a few times already in this episode and last week, mm-hmm. but um, I'm really on my Nier Automata zhuzh. Yes. Um, this is um, it's this is pretty peak like video game anime nonsense um, mm-hmm. when it comes to like th- that genre of... Uh, you know, games of these robots with blindfolds and they're sexy and they fight for the humans who were on the moon because the humans left the earth. Because why? What? What's going on Happening? here? Yes, it's a... But it's a, it is a game about, like, identity and... And consciousness and, like, mm. you know... And, and, and I love any kind of media that talks about, like, AI or, like, the legitimacy of, um, you know, robot consciousness. And, um, you know, like, I love Westworld. I love... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of another one. Soma, a game, a horror game from a few years ago that mm-hmm. was talked a lot about, like, you know, the, the validity of a robot identity and what does it mean to just upload your consciousness into something. I'm near, uh, it's a ton about that. It's about these um, this alien race fighting for humans who left the Earth a long time ago. Oh, like an android race. An right? android. Mm-hmm. An android race that um, humans built to fight for the Earth because Earth had been taken over by alien machines. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now the game is of about, of course... <laughs> Thousands of years in the future, no more humans on Earth. Earth is only habited by, you know, animals and these robots that people left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's very much like, you know, the game asks questions about, okay, thousands of years in the future, humans are still fighting for Earth, but is it even theirs anymore? Yeah, Do yeah. they even have the right to, like, claim this place is theirs? Have, has, a new, has a new dominant species taken over in the form of these robot aliens mm-hmm. who are also starting to gain their own form of consciousness yeah, in the world yeah. of the game as well? I love it. Yeah. It's so fun. You said it has a lot to do too with like um, ideas of gender and yes. uh, stuff. I was wondering if you could speak it to has, that a little bit. Um, um, you know, any 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 good Japanese game is going to have a foppish antagonist, but this game really pushes into like the um, gender bentness of mm. like identity of a of a creature coming into existence and then going, wait, what even am I? Yeah. Am I supposed to conform to these norms of gender or because that's what the humans used to do? Um, you know, the readings say that humans were like this, but do we have to do still have be to this still way? Do we have to still adhere to this gender binary? Yes, they, exactly. And and the game is like flat out about like, you know, kind of no, we shouldn't. You mm. know, there's a lot of tragedy in the game and some of the side quests related to like 
the desire for, you know, android beings to want gender and beauty when they have no concept of what it is themselves. Very They're interesting. Um, and I love, love, love that stuff. And so I absolutely think we should do an episode on this That's game so in full. Cool. It also has a ton of spoilery stuff I've not even gotten to yet, but it is one mm. of those games where people say it's yeah. best. It is best to go in blind, and I agree. It's also, for listeners who aren't familiar with it, one of the big, like, selling points or, like, big things that people talk about when talking about this game is that it's a game that requires multiple mm. playthroughs. Yeah. So you played through the first, you, I you're on your the, second playthrough I played through right the now. game once, which was about 15 hours, uh-huh. and I'm on a second playthrough of the game now from a different character's perspective that is the same story as the first playthrough, but with some, like, alternate perspectives mm-hmm. on some of the events. And I know that, you know, the third, fourth, and fifth playthroughs of the game, you know, deviate even further um, from these first two. And I have no idea what's even contained yeah. in those. So I am very, very excited to go deeper into this, like, well of a mystery that yeah. is, like, this weird video game A world. very epic kind of, like, uh, non-conforming game. Yes, uh, it's very epic. Yeah. That's a good word for it. And very operatic in a way. Mm-hmm. Lots, of, lots of themes of performance, you know, mm-hmm. I think in gender, but also in the ideas of, like... There's tons of stuff about opera and theater that's talked about in like some of the side quests in the games about mm-hmm. like what are we who are we performing for even yeah um, I fucking love it. love it love this kind of conversation I know speaking of these kind of conversations I wanted to transition us into our last little segment of the epi today and just talk about some of our favorite moments that we've had about uh, on this podcast so far um, yeah do you have any particular I love. Um, not moments on the podcast, but moments of reaction to the podcast. Mm. I think there has been a couple times doing the show in the past few months where you and I have both been surprised to, um, you know, kind of di- in, in, in indirectly directly contact some of the people we talk about on the show. Mm. Yeah, notably back when we did our Outer Wilds episode, we, you know, heavily pulled from this, uh, you know, journal article about um, queer hetero, what is it, hetero chrononormativity in video games? Yeah, yeah, like queering time, like the idea of time and um, how um, ideas of time play into ideas of sexuality and gender in gaming spaces. Yeah, and so that article by Matt uh, Knutson was found by Matt Knutson. We put it out on Twitter and he was able to find the episode and reached out and said, oh my gosh, guys, what a great episode. I'd love to come on sometime. If Mm -hmm. you're still listening, Matt... We will take you Invite's up on that offer. Yeah. Invite is still there. Also, when we did our If Found episode, um, the head developer of that game, Laura, uh, I'm blanking on her last name, but mm-hmm. the head dev uh, found our tweet about the game and liked it and let us know that she was going to listen to the episode. So cool. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's been really cool to like just have our little video game opinions and know that they've been heard by people who... Uh, literally, also literally on the it. other side of the planet, yeah, yeah, people yeah. are finding our show and directly That's engaging really with neat. us. And yeah, it's also been—I mean, on a personal note—it's so cool to have uh, friends from different areas of my life uh, pop up and listen to this little show. Yeah, and especially people I haven't listening. maybe talked to in a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So it's that's been a big old blessing. Um, yeah, I really loved our Outer Wild Wilds episode talking about. Uh, space and gender identity and gays uh, in space and time and what it means for for mm-hmm. time to be nonlinear and that yeah. was one of our um one of our more challenging apps because it was it was hard to find stuff I think because yeah. the queerness isn't necessarily on the surface of mm-hmm. that game but we dug except deep. for the non-binary aliens. except for the non-binary mm-hmm. aliens but we we um 
had to bring a lot. We brought a lot to the table for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was very proud of the the research that we do, and then the performing that we do when we're on the microphone, and then the editing that we do when <laughs> yeah. the episode's done, and then the promotion of the episode when it's out. Mm-hmm. And wow, we're doing a lot of stuff here. It's a lot of work. Can you, you can see why we're taking a little vacation from mm-hmm. all this. You can see how fucking exhausted you make us, listener. <laughs> no, never, never. never. Rude, never. Rude, never. <laughs> Katy Perry, have you ever kissed a girl? Rude, never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alyssa Edwards, God bless oh, her. Alyssa. Um, yeah, one of my favorite epies, and still one of my favorite games from last year, was uh, in pretty early one, one that we did on Final Fantasy VII Remake. Honestly, yes. I think that maybe is still my favorite episode. Yeah. Of ours. It was early, it was quick, it was, you know, yeah, very... Soon after we started, it was one of those games too where like we were both like not right on the pulse because it was kind of months after we had finished it, but like a game that we had recently played that we were both very excited for that had a lot of like explicit like queer stuff to talk about, uh, (laughs) particularly with like the honeybee in of it all. Um, Speaking of, I was just telling you before we started recording, they they just put out an article on Polygon. uh, uh, Apparently, the director of Final Fantasy, the Final Fantasy VII DLC. Which I'm also playing, by the way, on my new PlayStation 5. Take a drink! He did an interview for some uh, Japanese magazine where he talked about the honeybee in scene and talked about how, um, you know, it was such a, um, such a hugely popular and controversial scene in the original that they wanted to uh, do justice to it and do honor taking, like, quote-unquote, modern sensibilities in mind and, like... Talked about how developing this game and developing this moment of uh, queer cross-dressing uh, celebration, yeah. they wanted to make it celebratory and not um, uh, make it like a punch of a joke. And they talked about how like gamers these days don't necessarily like strict, uh, um, strict and um, the de- derisive mm-hmm. depictions of gender. Like they like seeing more uh, inclusive stories. So it was cool to see that like. That was our sentiment when we talked about that episode, yeah. and that's the sentiment that they had in mind when they were making it. So that was really cool. And it's, so, and it's so nice to know that those are the thoughts going through the minds of people making games now, and not just, oh, wouldn't it be funny if he had a dress? Exactly. Because that was yeah. about as far as those conversations used to go. Mm-hmm. Not even ten years ago. Yeah, which is like, I don't know why I feel very blessed to be making this podcast, because it feels like a... Uh, a, a ripe time for queer content. For these kinds of discussions. Yeah. yeah, not to toot our own horns, but yes, mm-hmm. I think you're right. And I think that Final Fantasy VII episode that we did was kind of, at least for me, I felt a lot like, oh, wait, no, we can really do this kind of stuff. We can have really good conversation. Yeah. Well thought, well researched. And not and feel like we're grasping at straws. Yeah, and that. especially for... Although, child, we'd be grasping at straws sometimes. When we, when we talked about... <laughs> <laughs> about uh, Mario Mario 3D World and why that's queer. Gay little Bowser. Yeah. <laughs> that was a stretch. But you know what? Every episode of Gay for Play is queer because we're, 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 we're queer. queer. It and guess what? You're queer too. Unless you're not. Unless you're an ally. In which case you're not queer. But mm-hmm. we thank you for your service. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else? Any final moments before we, before we start to wrap up a little bit? I have a lot of burps saved. Oh, work. Um, oh, wait. Like... Not currently in your body, but you mean like audio clips of burps that you've... Let's go with both. Okay, work. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's exciting. I mean, we launched a Patreon. We're getting paid an amount of money to make a podcast. Which, if you'd like to support... You can go to... Patreon.com slash gayforplaypod. Join for as low as $1 a month, honey. Or as many as 100 Yeah, whatever you want to do. We don't have a $100 tier, but you can give us $100 if you'd like. Mm -hmm. That would be... 
so sexy and a little bit intimidating. Wow. That would buy us, what, one and two thirds of a AAA release? Of a yeah, it would, it would buy, it, you would have um, a bit of pocket change after buying a PS5 game. That's right. Mm. Which I can buy because I have a PlayStation. <laughs> ah! Oh, you didn't mention, I wanted to hear about Astro's Playroom. Ooh, yes, that's another game, a 2020 game that I've been playing this year. Incredible. So fun. Just One a of little my... packing and platformer game that comes with the with the console. Yes, yeah. Um, it's divided into like 16 levels, and it's like a really cool um, tech demo of what the DualSense controller can do. Uh, takes advantage of like the um, haptic feedback. The adaptive triggers are crazy. So basically the PlayStation 5 controller um, has brakes built into like the shoulder buttons. Um, so it gives you resistance when you're like pressing them down, um, depending on what you're pressing them down for. So like when you're pulling a bowstring, it feels like you're... you're... It's pressing on a tension. button with resistance, yeah. which I think sounds amazing. Uh-huh. There's a cool little like gotcha game uh, where you can collect like little figurines and statues, and like you like press the trigger to like pull a crank, and it feels like a mechanical like. <laughs> it's really cool, and you have to like crush it with the other trigger in your hand. Um, it's really really cool, and just like a really great platformer. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that's really neat about it too is that like it is like a celebration of all of PlayStation's history. Which you, like, don't really realize. I mean, because, like... They've done a lot. They've done a lot. And they have a lot of, like, iconic um, franchises and iconic, like, um, hardware and software. Um, I feel like you see this a lot with Nintendo. Nintendo's pretty often, like, celebrating their, like, history of gaming. But it's cool to see, like, another big player in the video game company, like, celebrate their past to the extent that they do in Astro's Playroom. So, really cool. Um, and it's packed in with PlayStation 5. So, if you get one... You can play it for free, honey. It's it was so cool. Um, one of my favorite games I've played this year so far. Uh, awesome. I think that's kind of all we have. Yeah. I don't have much of a what else I'm gay for. I mean, not whole, this whole episode has been a extended what we're yeah. gay for in uh-huh. the year of 2021. Mm-hmm. Ooh, um, everyone should go watch Luca on Disney Plus. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen it yet, but I want to see it so bad. It's so good. Also, undeniably queer. I mean. I, I was going to say there's discourse. I don't even want to deign it with the idea that there's discourse around it. Like, that's my thing. I don't want to hear any... I don't want to see any fucking straight people. <laughs> Be like, um, no, it's a universal story. Actually, it's just about how they're friends. And, like, I don't see why you have to put queer stuff onto this. No, this is clearly a story about, like... There is no way this was made without the intention of it being read a queer, a queer narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, picks, which, again, Pixar is known for, like, pushing yeah. it. They've included queer couples in backgrounds of their stories, uh-huh. but they have a few shorts that have queer characters in them. Also, never forgot, uh, never forget the queer Cyclops cop. The queer Cyclops cops from Onward, that's right. <laughs> from Onward, yes. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> but, yeah, no, this feels like Pixar's gayest film by far, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. It's probably one of my top Top three favorite Pixar movies. Wow, I have got to see it. Yeah, everyone should go watch it. Anything you want to shout out for people to watch, see? Uh, Death Stranding again. <laughs> yeah, go play the Death Stranding director's cut. Do you think you will play that director's cut when it comes out? Probably. For PS5? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Probably. Good to know, good to know. Um, no, I mean, I, 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 this week I decided I was at work and, you know, after the, like the fifth person asked me if I started watching some random show, I was like, you know what? I don't watch things anymore. That happened to me last year. I stopped identifying as a person who watches things. I've stopped identifying as a person who watches things. And I think I'm going to keep that for the rest of the year because I'm just, I I truly, I, I think I saw In the Heights. I saw Justice League. 
and I talked about both of those on the podcast. Uh-huh. I can't think of like any other series I've completed or movies I can even remember yeah. watching this year. And that's not a dig at the quality of any of the media being released. It's just, I'm busy. Yeah. I have a podcast. I play a lot of video games. Yeah. Also, we should read some more books. <laughs> you know what? A book a book might be good for my health. My health you know? I, I, I packed a few books for this Palm Springs weekend. I'm going to try to like oh, stay away from Oh, yeah. Are you, really gonna re- are you really going to read those Literally, books? Literally, baby, I have been reading. So I don't, so don't come for me. <laughs> um. But yeah, I probably won't read all of it. Nice. Ah, yeah. Okay, word. War and Peace isn't going to finish itself. Oh, I did not pack War and Peace. I don't have the storage space for that. <laughs> In your brain for that, yeah. The moon. First time, time I heard your voice. Moonlight. Okay. Well, okay, work. Everyone, yeah, that's a, that's a great musical. Um, listener, write in if you know what that was from. <laughs> also, write in if you have some uh, either 2021 games or games that you've been playing in 2021 uh, that are not from this year that you've really been enjoying. Let us know what's on your Goatee short list. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, stay in touch with us. Like I said, we're going to be gone for a month, but we won't be gone gone. We'll be around. We'll, um, be, we'll be on the socials. We'll be posting. Yeah. We'll be making streams. Mm-hmm. We'll pro- yeah, like we said, probably recording some episodes anyway, just saving them for release for a rainy weekend and... Eric doesn't want to edit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, thank you so much. Hey, thank you. Like, truly. Um, truly. Oh, my God. We we couldn't have done this, gotten this far, if it wasn't for the love and support you've shown on the show so far. So thank you. I'm really glad that you've enjoyed this. And it's been um, just really beautiful to um, have something be so well received. And yeah, we really And you're y'all. rounding out the first season of it, yeah. and we're only going to come back bigger Excited, and better. Excited, bigger, and stronger. We have some big things in mind, some very cool friends mm-hmm. uh, lined up to come on the show, talk about some really fun, interesting topics. If you want to come on and explain how Roblox works, I would love that. Yeah, if you have a if you have a gay little cousin who knows what Roblox is, we would love to know. Yeah, we'll have him on. We'd love to have on a little gay cousin. <laughs> That'd be a moment. Um, yeah. Um, um, where can you find us, Lawrence? Um, you know, I haven't been plugging my personal socials in a while, but I think I will today. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Afroman76. Uh, if you want to follow me and all my gaming thoughts and... Um, gay tomfoolery. Yeah, gay tomfoolery. Um, yeah, you can also follow me at Eric of the Sun on Instagram and Twitter. Girl, you know there's underscores between all, all of those words. words. And yeah, you can find our podcast on Twitter and Instagram at GayForPlayPod. You can email us at gayforplaypodcast at gmail.com. And you can find our Patreon on <laughs> patreon.com slash gayforplaypod. Where we have three separate tier levels of subscription. Yeah, we can give us as much money as you want, honey. And like we said, if you, want to, invent, if you want to invent that $100 tier level, yeah. we're hey, not going to stop you. It's my birthday in July, so <gasps> that would be so fierce. And you. Lawrence is a moody money. cancer, so he will cry if you don't. I'll cry if you don't give me money. <laughs> Anyways, happy cancer season, loves. Thank you. Um, and I guess we'll head out. Yeah, I'm just yeah. here. Let's go hit the pool. Oh my god. Actually, do you want to? Actually, yes. Oh my Literally god, actually, yes. yes. Okay, cool. Oh my god, summer. Are you getting FOMO? Are you are you upset that you can't come Don't you wish you were here with us? Don't you wish you were here in sunny Los Angeles? Don't you just wish you were our best friends? You are our best friends. We love you. If you've developed a parasocial relationship with us, that's, that's kind of fierce too. Yeah, I know. Kind of live for that. Um, anyways, let's stop tooting our own horns <laughs> and get out of here. Um, we will talk to you later, listener. Love you lots. All talk right. to you soon. Ta- happy, happy summer. Hags. Have a great summer. Hags. Never change. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.
Ooh, you just made it through another episode of Gay for Play. Are you sweating yet? Our music is by Connor Marsh. Our show art is by Nick Adams. For links to our socials, email, and Patreon, you can check out the links in our description. And we will talk to you later, listener. Love you. Bye-bye.